0: What's up guys, today we are going to be talking with Zach Sorensen. Zach is a former major league player, a great guy, a teammate of mine. We actually played together in 2007 with the Albuquerque Isotopes. That was the Florida Marlins AAA team. And just happened to be the last year that both Zach and I played. And I'm going to share a story real quick as we go through it. But I want to introduce Zach. Zach is now a, a mental skills coach with the Atlanta Braves, has also worked with the Texas Rangers in the past, but Zach, I want to thank you for coming on board with us today.
1: Absolutely, this is exciting, you know, and any chance we can get to, you know, to get our message out to as many players as possible is always what we're looking to do. Awesome,
0: so I'm going to tell a story, Zach, real quick about how, I mean, we had known each other for a while. I seem to always be in the Pacific Coast League, uh, in AAA. I spent so much time there. <laughs> and right. you're in the international league, kind of on the other side of the country. So we didn't run into each other a lot until our last year. We were finally teammates together uh, with Florida. And we actually moved in together to start the season. And about a week or two into the season, you said, I'm done with this nonsense. I'm going to go get a real job, <laughs> basically. And you started working in the orthopedic field. Walk, kind of walk us through that story.
1: Yeah, you know, you never know when it's time for you to be done. And, and the, the reality of it is, is you don't ever want to be done playing the game. But there comes a time where you're like, all right, you know, um, maybe my time's running out. And I think when responsibility kicks in, then you have to make the adjustment and, and kind of get away from the dream of, of being, you know, a major league player or also even being a, a superstar in the big leagues. So. For me it was, you know, my my son was getting ready to start full time school. My youngest daughter was about to be born, which would bring me to four kids. And I said, (laughs) you know, uh, I need to make sure that I can I can be responsible for everything that's taking place with them. So I felt like it was time for me to to go ahead and 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 lock in and be in the same bed every night and do those type of things.
0: Yeah, it's you kind of get to the point if you haven't established yourself in the big leagues at say around twenty-eight, twenty-nine thirty, roughly and I I believe I was 30 at that time, and we're about the same age, and if if you haven't established yourself, you really have to start kind of questioning, you know, yeah, you have that dream, that goal, and the passion to keep going, but it's also, okay, I got some kids to feed, and you you ran into a job that was really a no-brainer of saying no to or turning that down, and you've been doing that ever since, correct?
1: Yes, I have been, and, and it's been a fabulous job and a fabulous move for me. Having said that, you know, you still think about every day, you know, what if I would have just held on? You know, what if yeah. I would have, you know, because sometimes when you're at the level where you and I were at, where we're, you know, we're in AAA and we're maybe a phone call away from from getting to go back up to the top, sometimes you just need somebody in your corner that really likes you, that can keep you on a roster for a while, and then it's up to you to produce. So, you know, even though it was time to, to go home, it was time to be done playing the game, you still wonder, what if I would have hung on a little bit longer? Could I could I have busted through and, and maybe got a contract or, or, or whatever else, but you know, all experiences happen for a reason and they're all, they all were good and they've all made me and turned me into who I am today.
0: Yeah. And that is a fantastic gentleman. I would, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> pretty kind. You're pretty kind. Yeah. So I wanted to, you have a unique um, kind of presence within baseball because you were a player you were you were a second round pick you were you were really good in college at Wichita State you you played for 10 years so you went through that whole transition you you went into the job job field of an orthopedic salesman doing your thing and then you got the itch like you were saying to get back into baseball and you became a mental skills coach to first with the Texas Rangers what made you get into that and let's talk about because, you know, well, as I do, when you and I were playing, that position did not exist, right? It is now, it's a new thing. Organizations are hopping on board. You know, back in our day, we had basically the mental game of baseball. Uh, Heads Up Baseball come out, both great, amazing books. But it's a little bit different when you can speak and talk to each other one-on-one and just dive into what kids are, and players are thinking. So why what, what was the change, you think, with major league organizations why are they bringing on mental skills coaches now
1: yeah uh, good question in fact there was like five or six questions in there so uh, <laughs> let, me, let me attack it and then as I get done with each one remind me of the next question because yeah. there's a lot of good information in there that uh, that I think is important to cover so I'll tell my story real quick I'd been out of the game about four or five years and, and like we mentioned when you're a baseball guy you're a baseball guy when you're a sports guy, you love sports, and, and you know the opportunity to get back into the game is, is something I feel like we all look for, and uh, I, I would love to be back in it in some form or fashion, realizing that I still have a family that I'm, I, I'm, I'm you know in charge of and loving, and, and I love to be with them at all times. So oftentimes, a lot of the jobs that are out there in the game pull you away from your family, and so I had this battle within me of what's most important for the family, as well as what am I passionate about? And and I think that's important to remember that because, you know, we can all go out and get a job. We can all go out and get work and and we can go out and get a career. And that's what we're, we're setting our children up to do. Right. And that's what we do as as individuals, if you can take it one step further and find something that you're passionate about and that replaces your career is your passion, then I think you're going to be amazing at what you do and you're going to make an impact. And so for me, that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to make an impact. In fact, when I got done playing ball, it was really a tough transition for me. And I remember talking to people and saying, I just want to make a difference out there in the world. I really do. I got great advice at the time and they said, you can make a difference in the world by starting by making a difference in your family. And I agree with that. I really do. And that's what my focus was on at the time. As my kids started getting a little bit older and kind of getting into the routines and life was good. And, uh, I started thinking about the game again and, um, I'll never forget how it all started for me. I was, uh, I actually was at the hospital where I I work, I'm in surgery, and I was in between two of the surgery rooms talking to some of my business partners, and, and, you know, it was just one of those conversations, if you could do anything you wanted to do, what would it be? And I heard myself say, for me, if I could do anything I want to do, I would be a mental skills coach, and I would love to work with a major league baseball organization, I'd love to work with an NFL football team, and maybe be a professor and teach one class in college. Okay. And all of a sudden, all my buddies were like, man, that'd be awesome. You could be in the dugout. And you could be on the sidelines and this and that. And, and for me, it was I just want to help people, right? And I want to help people develop. And uh, that night, I went and started my classes and my master's degree. But, um, and, and then I, I plugged through it and got it done. But there was one more piece to that, that, that story that I want to throw out there. I take my family to spring training every single year since I've been done playing because we still love the game as a family. And uh, we're pretty close to Arizona. We get down there. And, and since I played with the Angels in the big leagues, you know, I still have some, some buddies and connections there, and they'll sneak us into a game. And, and then one day I, I end up texting who is my general manager with the Indians, Mark Shapiro. He's a, a good family friend of ours. He's an amazing person, general manager. He cares about you as a person. And I sent him a message, and he met me at the game down in spring training. He came and sat next to my family for about an hour. And immediately the conversation went to, I know that you have the itch. What is it that you want to do in this game? And I, you know, I was talking to him I'm like, I'm not sure. I haven't figured it out. I, I just want to help people get better. And he's like, so you want player development? And I'm like, yeah, but I also like to be on the field and I like to get dirty and all this and that. And he said, why don't you come out and spend a couple of weeks with us and we'll just figure out what it is that you love. And uh, But his, his next statement is what got me into the mental game. And he says to me, here's my advice to you. He said, listen to yourself talk. And when you talk about something in the game or whatever it is, you will figure out what it is that you're passionate about. And there's that word again, right? There's that passion word. And once you hear yourself talk about something, realize the passion, you'll know what direction you need to go. So for me, I love talking defense. You know, I had a lot to learn as a player. I, I learned from some of the best with Biscayle, Alomar, some of these guys I got to play with. I love talking hitting and the reason why is because I struggled at the plate and so I had to learn and so you know I learned from guys like Manny Ramirez from Chad Hermanson you know some of these big time players (laughs) that taught me how to hit and uh, but when I start talking about the mental game I get super pumped up and I think the reason why Chad is because I was not a superstar. I was not a guy that could just wake up and start raking. You know, I had to work, work, work at what I did. But one reason why I feel like I made it to the big leagues is because I had a little mental edge or a mental advantage. Now, on the flip side of that, the next question is, well, why didn't you stay in the big leagues, right? And I think the reason why I didn't stay in the big leagues, there's two reasons. The first reason is because one thing I learned when they all got there is that those guys are pretty good. That was, you know, that's probably reason number one. (laughs) The reason number two is that, I needed more mental training, and like you mentioned, we couldn't really find it, right? Um, I couldn't find things to do. I couldn't find things to practice. You know, I I knew that if I needed to get stronger, I knew exactly what to do in the weight room. I knew if I was struggling at bat, I knew who to go to, and I knew what drills to do, and I could make it happen. Defensively, I knew what work I needed to put in, but in the mental game, I didn't know, and I was unsure, and so – when I talk, start talking about making a difference in somebody's game or helping people out or player development, to me, it was the game needs mental skills coaches that can take you from here to here.
0: And that's what started it for me. That's awesome. So as and obviously, we're, we are home in a quarantine right now. So we're able to have time to do this call. And so you worked a little bit with the Rangers. Was that more on the minor league or the major league side?
1: yeah, I've spent all of my time on the minor league side. So I got hired by Texas because their mental skills coach that over that was over the minor leagues got promoted to the big league team. And so he brought me in to kind of be a you know a, a skills coach or a coordinator for the minor league side. I worked with one other gentleman when I was with the organization there. And then I have a similar role here with the Atlanta Braves., uh, the Atlanta Braves do not have a mental skills coach right now currently at the big league level. Um, they have a clinical psychologist who who, kind of does a dual role right there, but uh, he's been super excited and eager to have a performance uh, guy on the staff too. So I'm, I'm overseeing the minor leagues and, and uh, I'm excited
0: to be working with, with those guys now. You mentioned a clinical psychologist. So is there, would you say as a former ba- a player, is there a difference in maybe how a, a psychologist and a mental skills coach communicates with players?
1: Yeah, you know, personally, and not everybody agrees with me, but I, I do see there's a little bit difference. And, f- and fortunately for me, with the organization I'm with, they, they agree with me. And there's a need for both, in my opinion. Yeah. So you, could, you can have a clinical psychologist who has has a further degree. He actually is a psychologist. And if you have issues that you need to address, you know, whether it be with, with things you're really struggling with, with with substance or or with, you know, some domestic issues or whatever else any of those those big issues oftentimes off the field issues he is your guy that's going to go to and he's far more prepared to help you than i am and and he will get you the help that you need and that's super super important a mental skills coach from my perspective and again this isn't everybody's but this is mine is going to be a performance uh performance coach that's going to help you on the field and i use the term coach i do uh, so I consider myself a coach, and I think this is really important, especially to young athletes. Sometimes you're a little intimidated or you don't want to go see a mental skills coach because the old, you know, and Chad, you'll probably agree with this. The old view of this is if I'm going to, you know, the only reason why you would go see a mental skills coach is because you're weak. Right. Well, 100%. And, and, yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't go see him unless something's wrong or you're weak. And you feel that if you are seeing him, then everybody else is going to think that you have problems. And I am completely on the other end of that. And here's my perspective and my view. So if you want to get stronger, you are going to go to your strength coach. You're not going to him because you're weak. You're going to him because you want to get stronger. You know, if you want to, if you want to be a better hitter, what are you going to do? You're going to go get it. You're going to go get a hitting coach. Pitching coach, same thing. And that's the role we fulfill. We are a mental skills coach. And here's why, here's why it makes sense to me. Whenever I go to a baseball player, and Chad, I'll put you on the spot right here, I will ask you what percentage of this game is mental? 90%. Okay, so Chad says 90%, you know, and I've asked that question hundreds of times, and I've never got an answer less than 70%. Never. Anywhere from 70, and I got some people saying 100, which it's not 100%. You got to be able to swing it, right? But you know, in that range of, of, of 60 to 90%, we all agree that that's how important the mental game is. And so my question is, is why don't we have a mental skills coach? Mm-hmm. Why don't you have someone that's going to take you from here to here mentally? Because, you know, and going back to another comment, Mark Shapiro said, when I went back to him or I called him on the phone, I said, I figured out what it is I want to do. And He said, what's that? You want to be a third base coach? You want to be an infield coach? I'm like, I'd love to because I love that. No, I'm going to be a mental skills coach. And he got super excited. Because of what you said, Chad. He said, he says, Man, you are in a unique spot. And the reason why, he goes, We have amazing mental skills coaches in the game. Uh, they're 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 well qualified, they're equipped, but very few of them were able to play at the level you were able to play at. And so oftentimes my players, even though that they're saying the correct thing and the right thing, my players will say, You don't understand. Hmm. You've never been there. You don't know what it's like to hit ninety-four with sync, you know. And I'm like, well, ninety-four was Sink's easy, it's the change up, man. That's what that's what we with. But and he's like, see, that's what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. And and so I, I think it's important to understand that. But he made a comment to me, he says, and, and remember this, guys that are listening to this, he says, the higher up you get in this game, and I think this goes for not just the game of baseball, but it goes for sport, it goes for business, it goes for life, it goes for everything. The higher up you get in this game, the less important talent is. Mm-hmm. And I look back at him, and I said, I think I know what you mean, but I want to hear you say it. Right. And he says to me, everybody has it at that level. Everybody has talent at the big league level, Chad. You know that. Everybody has it. So the question is, is why does one guy play for 15 years and the other guy get three at-bats and, and hung, hangs around for a month and he's gone? We call that a cup of coffee, right? So what's the difference? According to Mark Shapiro, who's the president of the Toronto Blue Jays, he says, the difference is the six inches between your ears. It's how you, how you manage and handle the mental game. And so, boom, when, when, after he said that to me, after I told him that's what I wanted to do, I said, we have a really unique scenario and situation here where with experience we have from playing the game, we can help these players understand what it's like and, and help them focus on the things they need to focus on.
0: That's awesome. So when you're, say, like during your season, right? It's a long season in the minor leagues. It's 140 plus games. Right. And are you from a from your perspective, do you go sit with a team for, say, a series or a week, hang out with them, get to know those players? Are you working with them individually? or are you doing like, say like a presentation in front of the whole team? like how does that how does that whole system work?
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's interesting. And again, everybody has a different perspective on what it should look like, and to be honest with you, um it's since it's still pretty new, I don't think we know what's most effective, right. And like I said, you know, you are seeing a rise in in mental skills coaches in the game, and I think that's that's excellent. Some organizations are putting a mental skills coach at every affiliate, at every level, and they're with them all season. And I think it's pretty effective and it works for those teams. Personally, I'm not convinced that's the best way to do it. So – what I have done in the past is, and this was kind of based on my schedule and my availability to be with the guys. I couldn't be with them 24-7. I couldn't be with them for a whole season. So I would fly out to a team on a Thursday morning. So I would get to the, I'd get the batting practice with the team. At Thursday, I would hang out with them during, you know, free BB. I'd be out on the field kind of small talking with some of the players, connecting with them here and there. And then I would be available to them, you know, in between batting practice and the game if they wanted to come talk to me. I didn't want to interfere with their routines because the very number one thing we will always talk about is you need to have routines and habits of excellence, and it's not my job to interfere with that. Right. Then they have their game, and I, and, um, I like to be in the dugout um, during the game. Now, I'm not I'm not teaching um, during the game. I, I'm just – I'm hearing what's, what's taking place, and I'm, I'm analyzing what's happening on the field so I can be – I can give them some feedback the next day. Occasionally, I'll be up in the stands so I get a different view, but I am at the games. Um, and then I'm just present to them the rest of that day. So some, some players, when they see me come into town, they'll walk right up to me and say, hey, I need to talk to you. When are you available? And I'm like, listen, I'm here until Sunday afternoon. So I'm usually there from Thursday until Sunday afternoon. Um, and then what I, what I usually do before I go into a team, I make sure to connect with the coaching staff. And I ask if there's any needs that, that need to be addressed. And sometimes those are team needs. You know, hey, we need to work on discipline. Can you help us with that? Absolutely, I'd love to. Or we need to, we need to work on camaraderie or we need to work on, on focusing on one game at a time instead of thinking about September, right? So right. whatever it is that we need to talk about, it's great to get feedback from them. And, and also for them to understand that, that I, am, I am just an arm of them. I'm just, I'm just there to, to help their club and then usually what happens is either Friday or Saturday, they will give me a 30 to 45 minute window where I actually present to the team. Okay. And so I will, if they haven't given me a topic, I will have a topic that I like to throw at them or their team. And, um, I like to use, you know, I like to use visual stuff. So I usually have uh, you know, I plug the computer into their TVs in the clubhouse and, and I like to show them videos and, you know, again, the biggest thing is just the connection between myself and the players. And, and I'm a really big believer in, in three main things are my goal. They need to know that I care about them. Number one, I think these are also uh, uh, good, uh, you know, kind of landmarks for a, for a leader, but they need to know that I care about them. Number one, they need to be able to trust me. Number two. Okay. And then they need to know that I'm going to make them better. And, and that's what I think a player is looking for, especially a professional player. It's not worth their time. If I, don't, if I can't fit those three categories, they don't have time for me. And so I really work hard on those things. So I usually present to them one time, and then I'm just available to them. Now, if there's a special assignment given to me by the club, um, I work really hard to be able to get that player aside. And, and sometimes I'll pull them away from the ballpark, and we'll talk away from it. Sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll go off and do our thing, but then we really address
0: things. So... So you, would you say you definitely noticed a shift? Because, like, say if you're, if you're a newly drafted player, they go straight into the minor leagues, they, they don't know any different now. Like, there's, oh, yeah, we got we have a mental skills coach here. And right. have you noticed from a – because you have a kind of a wide, wide range of, of age, you know, you could be anywhere from 18 to, you know, upper 20s in the minor leagues and even 30. Have you no. noticed any difference with – the younger players say that have just come out of college to where if you maybe have worked with the double A or triple A players?
1: Yeah. Interesting question. And make sure I make sure I answer it because my <laughs> mind's going a couple different directions. So <laughs> here's what I've noticed in the game. And and this comes back from when we were playing. This was the lesson I was taught and I, I definitely see more of it now. One thing that's interesting and let me throw this this story out real quick. So I got a call right before I completed my degree, I got a call from Billy Upler. In fact I remember watching it was like game two of the World Series, the Cubs are on, Chris Bryant hits a bomb in the first inning, you know, <laughs> and I had just left uh, left work at the hospital as, as he hit the bomb and I get out to my car and there's a, my phone rings and it's a number from California, and it was, hey, this is Billy Epler, the GM of the Angels, and uh, he said, can you come out and talk to me a little bit, fly out, and, and we can discuss mental performance. Oh, absolutely, right, I'd love to, as my former team, and I, I you know, I love the Angels, So I get out there and we had an awesome, you know, three or four hour conversation about mental skills, mental performance. And, and here's what, here's what he he mentioned to me. He goes, you know, how can you help us? Um, And here's what we need help with. We draft players, right. Based on five physical tools. Right. And I think all of us know that. Um, But oftentimes we'll draft a player because he's the best player in that slot for what we're looking for. And then he ends up not making it. And he doesn't make it because he it's. It's not that he's not physically a major league player. There's something else. And I said, well, absolutely. You know, sometimes as, as mental skills coaches, we call it the sixth tool, right? So the sixth tool is mental toughness or, or, or whatever term you want to use right there. He says, well, how do you know if a player has mental toughness? And I'm like, that's a great question that none of us have the answer to, all right? <laughs> and that's what we're trying to find the answer to, even though we, we, we do have, you know, leads on what it might look like. And uh, I turned the question back to him, and I says, well, how would you define mental toughness? Because until we know what mental toughness is, we can't look for it, right? And and Billy that day, and I agree with him 100%, he says, well, it's the ability to handle adversity, okay? Now, here's where one of the problems comes in. So, so Chad, you know this because this is right up your alley. You know, we're going to draft kids in the first, second, third round, you know, and we're going to give them, you know, a a very nice uh, reward for being a very awesome athlete. The problem is, is those kids right there that we just drafted and gave lots of money to haven't really experienced adversity in their life. You know, they were the best of the best. And I always joke around, but I say, you know, these guys were the best on the baseball team. They were the captain of the basketball team. They were the quarterback of the football team that took state. And they dated three cheerleaders at the same time. And the cheerleaders didn't even care because they were going to be superstars, right? So these players haven't really met adversity. Mm -hmm. And as everybody knows, it's listening to this. If you've never never had to train for adversity and then these players get to professional baseball and it's hard okay and, and there's we could talk about that for hours right what's hard about the game <laughs> and the problem is is they've never trained for it so it's it's like it's like you know me going out and doing an iron man without ever training you know that's that's stupid right it would be dangerous it would be painful i wouldn't be able to it would be exhausting you could keep talking about how tough it would be and that's what they're faced with and, and that's what minor league baseball is. At least it was in my life. You know, it was, it was tough. So, so here I went from being a great high school player to, you know, a really good college player with lots of success, playing in the College World Series and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you get to your first full season of baseball and you're like, what's the matter? You know, I can't, you know, they always say, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat, right? So right. you really struggle and it's like, what do you do? Well, the military term is you will never fall below the level of your preparation, but you haven't prepared yet because you haven't needed to. So to go back to your question, what I have found out, and this isn't just in mental skills, but it's in everything. In the old mental skills world that we kind of came up in, like we talked about before, you don't go to your mental skills coach unless you're struggling. You don't go there unless you're in trouble. The higher up you get in the game, you realize that you need anything you can – any advantage that you can attain or you can get, you want to grab and you want to get a hold of. So I actually have more success speaking to my AA, AAA, and major league players than I do even my younger players. And it's really funny. I can keep taking this further down the road, okay? Yeah. So when I go work with, like, little league players and and, and little league coaches and little league parents – they need nothing I throw out there because they've got all the answers. Honestly, very often, they have a lot of the answers, right? Right, right. And then as you climb up a little higher, you see a couple college coaches are like, yeah, man, I, I want to make this adjustment in my program. But there's very many of them that say, we don't need this. You know, we can, we can win our division without training in this way. We just need to go work harder on the field okay, that's fine. And now all of a sudden you start climbing up and you get A ball and double A. Well, when people see that they need the advantage, then they're going to make it happen. One quick story, Chad, and I think it's an important one. That's why I'll throw it at you. So when I finally got the opportunity to, be, to get a taste of professional baseball, I got invited to Major League camp for the first time. I think it was in like 2001. And the Indians were a powerhouse at that time. So we've got Omar Vizquel. We've got Roberto Alomar. we got Manny Ramirez. we got Jim Tomei. I mean, this team was stacked, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple guys like me who got invited to camp, right? So who,
0: who am I? You know, who knows who I am? You just go sit in the corner and be quiet, right? Just don't say anything. So
1: <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing this day. I'm sitting on the bench in the corner before a spring training game, and Roberto Alomar comes walking in the dugout, getting, you know, stretching out before the game, and sits down right next to me. First of all, I'm like, hey, someone take a picture. That's Roberto Alomar sitting next to me. <laughs> and I guarantee you he didn't even know who, uh, my name or anything at the time. But he sits down next to me and he says, hey, what do you know about that pitcher out there on the mound? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't even looked out there. I'm not playing today, right? Right. Like, what's his out pitch? What is, what is the action on his fastball? What does his move look like to first? How quick is he from home to first? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Right? So he's like, okay, he slaps me on the leg, goes out there, he does his thing, base hit, stolen base, run scored, you know, like he did every time right. he was up next day i'm sitting in the dugout before the game getting ready this and that alomar comes running in what do you know about that guy in the mound and i'm like i am not sure who who is it who's pitching today for them right i'm not (laughs) in the game so he slaps me on the leg this and that finally he does this every single day and finally i grabbed him one day and i'm like why is it so important for you to get this why are you asking me these questions you're like a 13-time all-star right and i was very surprised by his answer he says to me it is worth it for me to invest my time. And use the word invest, right? To invest my time in asking you questions. Because if you have a little bit of information that's going to give me an advantage, it's worth my time. Absolutely. I was blown away. Blown away. So here we are at the elite level with a 13, 14, however, time all-star. And he's going to ask me if I know what kind of action this guy has on his fastball in spring training. Blown away, but the mindset is that they're continually trying to learn because they need the advantage. And at the elite levels, that's what these guys are seeking, and that's why this this position, you know, is important,
0: especially at that level. Yeah, no doubt, I could certainly see that. You get up to a certain level, or say you get to the big league level, you you get maybe that big contract. Maybe you you maybe might be able to relax a little bit, but do you still have that mindset of okay, even though I have this. I can still go out and get better every day and still work on that process of, of doing the steps daily that you need to do to get better. So that, that's pretty awesome. Now, I probably will, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of what our thinker our listeners are thinking about right now, Like you, you work with these players. Can you give us an idea, maybe a tool, something that, you know, what do you actually work on? I think that's what players want to know.
1: Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And, the reason why i think that's such a big deal is because i had a little um in my experience with mental performance coaches here's here's kind of what it was like and this isn't fair for me to say for everybody but in general here's what happened when i seemed to like i've talked before when i seemed to struggle right and i needed help maybe i would go to my mental skills coach or maybe i would go to a book to try to get some help out of that and um, very often I would, I would go to them and i would say hey here's what's going on, man. I, I, I rake in BP. I mean, you should see my BP. I'm awesome. Right. <laughs> or the phone call I get from a lot of parents is my son's amazing on Thursday in practice, but on Friday, when the lights come on, he seems to get tense up struggle and he says he's nervous. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's normal for a lot of us, but oftentimes what, what the, the coaches I would go to are the mental skills coaches. They kind of sit me down and we talk about it and they would say, you know, you're probably dealing with some performance anxiety. And I'd be like, well, that makes sense, right? That totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we'd have a good discussion about what that was. And then I would leave my session with them. And I'd go out to my game the next day. The lights would come on. And my, you know, my heart would start racing and the butterflies showed up. And I'd be like, yeah, there it is. There's that, there's that performance anxiety we were talking about. And then I would say, okay, what do I do about it? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so when when I get to work with mental skills coaches, and Chad, you and I have had a lot of conversations, my challenge to everybody is give them something to do, you know, because, and and that's one thing I've seen, especially at the professional level, these guys don't want me just to talk about what's going on. They want to give me things for them to do, because to be at that elite level, these are guys that do stuff. These are guys that are willing to put in the time when, you know, work ethic isn't a question at that level, right? They will work no matter what because they know what the reward is. And so that's what you focus on. So, so you know, one thing I really focus on is this. Uh, and, again, I throw a lot of stories out there, but hopefully our, our, our listeners can relate to these stories and they understand them. When I was with the Rangers right after the draft, they brought all the, the new draft picks that they just signed in, and I had a chance to spend a lot of time with these guys. So we're talking like the top ten picks, you know, and most of them were out of high school and it was really interesting because i just heard someone give a talk on good better best all right and i think this is a mental skills you know lesson good better best and the whole right. idea behind it is if you're a good player then you want to challenge yourself to be better right and if you're the better player then your job is to focus on being the best and so here i've got the first round pick the second round pick the fourth round pick the fifth round pick we gave these guys anywhere from, I don't know, you probably know better than me, $350,000 to $7 million signing bonuses, right? Because they're the best, right? And so I look at these guys and I'm like, congratulations on reaching your dream of being a professional athlete. Now you can start your career. Now it's time to start your career. And we're talking about all this. But I congratulated them on being the best. You know, they were the best pick in the first round. They were the best kid available in the second round. Congratulations. Every time I said the word best, guess what happened, Chad? Their eyes dropped they put their head down. And I was completely blown away by this. You know, again, we just gave this, this young man $4 million. I don't know, $750,000. And I, I congratulate him on being the best. And he put his eyes down. That bothered me. That bugged yeah. me. because The body language was, was off to me. And, and so when I saw it happen with almost each one of these kids, I finally questioned one. I said, how can you drop your eyes when I told you you were the best? And they said, because we're not. We're not, we're like, they're like, look in this clubhouse. All of these guys are, are better than me. You know? That was your second round pick last year. You know, right. and, and part of that is being humble. And part of that is just they don't believe in themselves. And I think we see that with a lot of our players mm-hmm. these days. Deep down, they don't really believe in who they are. And so huh, I, I scratched my head at that. And so going back to that good, better, best model, I then asked them, what's your biggest fear about being a professional athlete? What's your biggest fear about being a pro ball player? And almost every single one of them said, I'm scared that I'm not good enough. I'm scared that I'm not good enough. And I think that everybody listening to this is probably nodding their head right now. you are, right? You're nodding your head because we all can relate to that feeling that we're scared that we're not good enough. So I thought about that. I I fly out of town. I fly back in. And I I went back to those players. And I said, let me ask you a question. Can you control if you're the best? Yes or no? So I'll ask you, can you control if you're the best? Yes or no? No. What do you think? Yeah. At the end of the day, you probably can't because the reality is there's probably always somebody better, right? There's always somebody better. If
0: Mike Trout's still playing, then no.
1: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. And so the answer is you really can't control that. And so let me go to question number two. Can you control if you're good enough, yes or no? Yes. And I get mixed answers here as well. And so my answer to that is it's yes and no. But at the end of the day, you can't control if you're good enough because that just depends on who's asking. Right. Right. Like, like Chad, you can be good enough for the Angels, but you might not be good enough for the Braves, you know, or or maybe you're not good enough for the Giants, but the Red Sox love you. So it all depends on who's asking that question. So we spend all of our time, well, my players did, and I think this is true for everybody, focused on being, am I the best or am I good enough? And that worries us, bothers us. And there are things that we decided today that we can't control. Hmm in the good, better, best model, you can't control if you're good enough. You can't control if you're the best. Well, the other one is what? It's better. It okay. Now. And then I go to all my guys and I say, can you control getting a little bit better every single day? Yes or no? Yes. And say it again. Yes. Everybody yes. I've talked to with a big nod. of <laughs> their head, yes, I can. Okay. Yes. And so this is one of the big things I focus on with my players is, your job is to get better every single day. So I tell my players that's down in Arizona, you know, with the Rangers, I'm like, Your job, you know, I give them this big motivational speech. Your job is to be the to get a little bit better every single day. Can you do it? And they holler yes. And I said, Okay. I challenge them that I hop on a plane and fly out of town. Okay. I fly back in a week later and I'm like, Did you guys get better this week? And they said, Yes, we did. And I said, How do you know? Room got quiet. And that's My question, you got number one is you have to work hard to get better every day. You agree? Yeah. Yeah. Work ethic is rule number one, but how do you know that you're getting better? And so I said, that's where, that's my job. Now I can finally help you. I can give you a tool. And so I asked him, I said, is it worth it for you to invest 1% of your day into doing something that's going to allow you to get better? Yes or no? Yes. And they say, yeah, it is 1%. I said, do you know what 1% of your day is? Any idea how much time 1% of your day is? no okay it's 14 minutes and 24 seconds that's it so can you give me 14 minutes and 24 seconds and they say yeah I said okay and I said let me tell you this so let's say that you so now this is where this comes in Chad and one thing I talk about is being a true self-evaluator I think that every player should have their own scouting report you know I could go on and on but let's say I have my own scouting report and on my scouting report it says that I struggle with Getting picked off left handed, reading the move from a left handed pitcher. Okay, let's go with that one. Right. Awesome. No problem. Sounds good. So, what is, so I go around and I ask my guys, you need to establish a 1424. Okay. So, Chad tells me that he really struggles with reading the move off a left handed pitcher. And I ask him, well, what's your 1424? And he says, well, for eight minutes a day, I'm going to have a pitcher on my team show me his left handed move. Eight minutes a day. Awesome. Right. And then for six minutes and 24 seconds, I'm going to watch video on left-handed pitchers to see what they do with their moves. 14 minutes and 24 seconds every single day. And then I asked the guys this, I says, Will you, can you guarantee me that you're going to get better at something if you, if you commit to this 14, 24. And they say, yeah. And I, I said, let me give you another example. Let's say that you can't do a pull-up. Okay. Or maybe you could do one. Right. If you committed 14 minutes and 24 seconds to doing a pull-up every single day, Would you be better at pull-ups in six months? Yes or no? Absolutely. You said absolutely. So can you guarantee that you'll be better? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Guaranteed you will be better in six months if you commit to the 1424. And so I say implement it. Make it happen. Plug it into your routine. So after every single game, I I have a little evaluation I have my players fill out. I call it a well, better how. What did I do well today? What do I want to do better? And how am I going to do it? okay and so right next to how am i going to do it it says what is your 1424 right so let me give an example i i played a game last night i come down often and and i'm filling out my sheet what did you do well very often we do an outcome all right so i got three hits okay great that's awesome go ahead and put that down i got three hits what do you want to do better well my last at bat i faced a left-handed hitter got a base hit and then i got picked off first base i don't want to get picked off first from lefty okay how are you going to get better at it well I'm going to grab my, my, my teammate. He's going to give me eight minutes worth of his move, and then I'm going to watch video for 624, right? Awesome. And the question is, is are you getting better? Absolutely. So during a game, you're going to have weaknesses that are exposed. And this goes to the whole concept about failure and how important it is to fail. When you fail, you have weaknesses that are exposed. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because our goal is to get a little bit better every day. If our focus is on getting better every day, we need to have things that we're going to get better at. So when I was exposed by the left-handed pickoff move, awesome. I always say good, right? Good. Great. I'm I'm glad that was exposed. Now I have something I can implement into my 1424. And here's what's cool about it. When you attack a weakness of yours, the day after it happens, you start saying yes, yes. And you get better at things. And what happens when you get better at things? You see momentum and you start developing a word that we're all here for. What are we trying to develop? What's the main thing we're all trying to figure out and develop? Confidence confidence and mindset confidence and mindset because the biggest thing we struggle with is belief system and confidence right so when I attack a weakness I see that I'm getting better at my weakness I'm going to say I'm accomplishing things I'm getting better every single day and because of that I'm a more confident player and that's what we need and so the 1424 is something that's very simple and easy that every single person can implement day in and day out and I think you're going to see
0: progress and that's what our that's what our goal is, is to see progress yeah that's awesome man I I think you're right. We need some type of action step because we we can say, yeah, I want to work on this. But how how do I do it? Right. And and it certainly isn't rocket science. I think we just need to keep it simplified and something you can simply do every single day and and one percent of your day. Right. And that's the hurdle that we have. Uh, Especially let's say if you're talking to the high school age kid. Right. How is that different when you talk to high school kids compared to minor league and college type players at that age?
1: Well, that's interesting. It, now it just comes down to how bad you want it, right? So our, my job is to give you tools to not just talk about it, right? I'm not just going to tell you that you need to be a confident player. I got to teach you how to be confident because confidence is something that you do, yeah. not just something you get, okay? Remember that. Write that down if you can, and we'll talk about that another time. But um, It's something that you do. So, but my job is to give you things to do. And then at the end of the day, that's all I can do, right? I, I can't yep. make you do it or this or that. But um, again, just to reemphasize how important I feel like this is, you guys all told me, Chad, you told me 90%. I've never had less than 60 So let's say that baseball 75% mental, okay? We are not asking you to give us 75% of your practice. We're not. Even though we probably could, right? Because we all agree that this is 75% of, of the importance of the game. We're not asking for 75%, but we need to do a little bit of this every single day. Yeah. And so what, what does that look like? Maybe that looks like you listening to a podcast on the way to your, your high school every single day, a three-minute podcast. Are you getting better if you listen to a three-minute podcast every single day? Yeah. In fact, that's something that I've implemented in my life. You know, I, I used to always say I don't have time because I'm crazy busy at work. And, and honestly, I don't. I've got four kids. We all have the excuses, Right. So my mentor, who is your mentor as well, you know, Brian Kane. I introduced you to Brian Kane. He looks at me and he says, I feel like we can squeeze some time in. I'm like, I'm super busy, man. I don't have time. And he's like, well, what does your routine look like? Well, I go to the gym in the morning and I have to get that done before work starts because I run out of time. And then I go to work. He goes, how far away is the gym? I said, seven minutes. He says, do you drive home from the gym? Yeah. Then you shower? Yeah. Then do you drive to work? Yes. Okay. How far is the drive to work? Seven minutes. I live in an awesome small town, right? Hey, do you Drive home from work? Yes. Okay. So you have seven-minute drive to work. Or sorry, to the gym. Home from the gym. To work. Home from work. There's 28 minutes where you can be utilizing what the term that he calls "automobile university." Right. right? So you can listen to music, which nothing against music. I think it's good for you and it's motivating and all of the above. But now, for the last five years, every single time I get in the car to drive to the gym, I call Success Hotline. Right. Mental skills coach, mental performance uh, professor back on the East Coast, and he gives me four minutes of mental performance training. On the ride home, I listen to a podcast by Justin Sua, mm-hmm. who is the Tampa Rays mental skills coach. Four minutes, right? So I'm yeah. at eight minutes already. Yeah. I get a seven minute drive to work, and I put in an audio book based on mental skills. And then I listen to that book on the way home. So You can see right there, I'm getting my 1424 plus in mental skills training just by utilizing Automobile University. That's a game changer for me. So a high school player, high school, this or that, you know, you have time to do what you want to do. You're busy. You know, oftentimes you have to have a job. Oftentimes you have to, you know, you got to get your schoolwork done. You got this, you got that, you have practice, but I know you're in the car, right? I know you can do these types of things. Now it just comes down to how bad do you want it? Um, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest regret I have about being a professional baseball player, Chad, is that I feel like I wasted a lot of time. Oh,
0: yeah. I, it, we, that could be a whole other conversation, right? It's right. when you get, when you're by yourself or with a roommate, you know, now guys bring their, like their PlayStation with them. And, and, sure. and to me, that's, that's fun. But it's, to me, it's also a complete waste of time as well. like and Unless you're getting better, but there's some different things you can do you want to have fun and enjoy yourself but back to your your 1% like even listening to a 5 minute podcast is, is something so minimal so small it's like that do that doing a little a lot right doing it every day
1: and i think that's one thing i'm really focusing on right now especially during this time right right now we all have time yeah and and so it's like well how are you going to use it what i found out is it's like there's 13 different things i want to do right and I haven't programmed into my day, into my routine. And so I sit here and be like, yeah, I'd really like to get that done. And before you know it, it's like 6.30 at night. It's time to do dinner. And then, of course, you got, you know, we got family movie night tonight. And nothing gets done again. Okay. Right. So I really had to find a way to implement my 1424 and to get things done. Because, for, like, for me right now, I'm writing a program for my players. You know, I'm writing a 12-month around the, around the calendar program, which is almost done. But I'm, and I'm writing a six-week program. And and I want to start the podcast, which is coming up. You know, I got my book, which I'm writing. And, you know, you have all these things that you want to get done. Yeah. And here's what I found out is most effective for me. For me to get things done, I break them into 14 minute and 24 increments, 24 second increments. Mm -hmm. So I go work on my book for 14 minutes and 24 seconds. And then I take a break. And then I come back in and I work on the podcast messaging for 14 minutes and 24 seconds. And then I take a break. And then it's like, okay, you know, I feel like I need to give, you know, daughter number two some time because she's having a hard time with this or that. I'm gonna give her 14 minutes and 24 seconds of my time. Okay. Yep. And you guys told me that if I commit 1424 to any one thing, get done, yes. You know, is my relationship with my daughter going to get better? Absolutely. And so I'm making things happen by implementing this. So, you know, people ask me all the time with the 1424 you know, is it just one item? Well, you can have five 1424s, right? Right. Um, and, and how often do you change them? Well, as often as you need, you know, if you need to make an adjustment, your your 1424, do it. You know, do you need to, if you need to carry one out for three weeks, do it. And,
0: and you're going to be the judge of that. But at the end of the day, you're creating this confidence. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's a great tip. And I, and what's so cool about any of these mental skills, coach, these tips and tools and strategies that they, every one of them could be implemented in regular life, you know, and, and that's when we start getting into our, our routines and our habits. And that, that's usually when, when I'm talking to a younger player, they don't really have a routine yet. They, they just kind of go with the flow. Obviously they're getting up early. They're going to school. They have practice, maybe at their game, then they come home. And then that's what I kind of talk about a lot is when you get home, maybe you have a couple hours here, you know, what are you doing within that time? And no matter how busy they are, they, can, they have 15 minutes. Yeah. They do. They can implement 15 minutes. It's just, again, how bad you want to do it, and can you actually dedicate yourself to just doing it. And I think the simpler and smaller it is, the easier it is for them to implement it.
1: Totally, absolutely. And, let, and, and that's what I say let's start with this 1424. Yeah. I was on another one of these calls the other day with another mental skills coach with his team. And we were talking about a similar thing, but he, he, uh, he said, let me ask you a question. He goes, something that, that he struggled with with his team. You know, a lot of his players want to, you know, on Saturday night, instead of taking extra batting practice, they want to go hang out with their buddies, you know. Um, and he's like, what are your thoughts on that? You made it to the big leagues. You know, you had this elite focus that got you to the top. And it was interesting. I kind of felt like he was steering me one direction, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, this is, it, it, this is my opinion again. But, you know, and this is forever, whether you be a coach or a parent or a kid, here's what my thoughts are. I get up at 4.45 in the morning to go get my workout in, right? And people ask me all the time, that's crazy early. Why do you do that? And, and there is a specific reason why, because I try to do everything on purpose with purpose, okay? Mm-hmm. When your normal day starts, things are going to happen in your day that are going to distract you from being able to do the things that you want to do. Yeah. So to the high school players out there that have intentions of taking batting practice, extra ground balls, and working on stealing bases tomorrow, okay? That's what they have planned for tomorrow. And they say, well, that should take me about two hours. All right, which since it's going to take me two hours, that means that I can probably sleep in until about 10.30 or 11 before I have to do it. And I have plenty of time. And you know what? I'm going to get to go hang out with my buddies later that night. Right. And the answer is true. But here's what happens you know dad doesn't go to work and so at at 10:45 you're still in bed dad wakes you up and he says come on son let's go we're going to go clean the garage today yep
0: and something that was unexpected
1: unexpected right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a distraction okay it's a distraction now it's a distraction in your world your world dad had this plan for weeks but it's a distraction in your world so with with hopefully an okay attitude probably not you go out and clean the garage okay and then right before you get done finishing cleaning the garage Mom walks into the garage and says, hey, I just got a phone call from grandma, and she's wondering if you can come over, and she'll pay you $2 to mow her lawn, pull all of her weeds, and and clean the rain gutters, right? Right. When mom invites you to do that, that's not really an invitation, right? Right. Right. It's time to go. And so now you go over and you work on grandma's yard and spend four hours there so you can earn those $2, right? Yes. Before you know it, it's 4.35 o'clock, and now you have a decision to make, okay? Am I going to go with my buddies, or am I going to go do that practice? You're tired, you're exhausted, and you really want to go hang out with your buddies, okay? And so now when dad steps back in and says, son, you need to be a committed baseball player, right? Now we have conflict. Yep. So my advice to you is get your stuff done. Knock out your 1424, maybe knock out three 1424s in the morning before your day starts. When the distractions come, let them come, knock them out, and then you can go play with your buddies, okay? Because you're in charge of your day. You're in charge of your routine, all right? Let's say that, let's say that you get up and you go, you go take your BP and your ground balls and you steal bases at 7 o'clock a.m. You get home at 1115 and there are no distractions. Awesome. If you want to take a nap, take a nap. You want to play video games, play video games. You won the day. You did the things that you wanted to do that day. You crossed them off your list. Your fourteen twenty-four was executed, and you should feel good about who you are, okay? You are a committed player because you knocked out what you wanted to get knocked out. Probably you just got to
0: get them done before the distractions kick in. And I agree. I think when you're in high school, I mean, you should be enjoying that time. But from that mindset perspective, if I don't have a set routine and just get it done, that's the hardest obstacle. Because they don't know how to overcome those those time management issues. Right. And that, that that can be a problem. And that and they're gonna certainly get those ironed out if they go to college. Because everyone every school is getting up at five AM, wait, and right. school and all that. So obviously the earlier you can utilize that and learn it, you know, the better off you're gonna be. And when you become an adult, you know, your your family's gonna see, oh wow, dad, dad does all these things before like right now, we're we're in a quarantine. I get up and I do my, my video reports. I got to do, I do, I do my work and then I have the rest of the day to do whatever I want, you know? So it's, it's just interesting how it's all set up.
1: Yeah. You know, something that just popped in my mind when I was with Texas, I I went to the major league clubhouse in spring training one time with my, with my, uh, my boss and he takes Cole Hamels. And I think everybody understands and knows who Cole Hamels is. He's a, he's a veteran pitcher um, was with Texas two years ago and, you know, he, he's, he's a class act, hardworking individual He's played this game for a long time, and everybody respects him like crazy. I saw him walking by. I've never met him before. Um, I was introduced to him. I shake his hand, and I said, hey, Cole, nice to meet you. I just respect everything you've done in this game. Can I ask you one question? He goes, he goes absolutely. I said, what is one thing I can teach my young athletes that will help them get from where they are to where they want to be in the mental game? Hmm. Without a pause, he looks at me, and he says, they need to have well-established routines. Yeah, He says that's the number one thing is that you have a routine. And so, you know, for those of you that are working with Chad, make sure you, you, you get with him and understand what he means by that. What do you mean by having a routine? You know, because that could be, well, you know, I get up and I eat, or it can be a finely detailed in-tune thing. Like, well, the first thing I do when I wake up is I go to the bathroom. <laughs> when I go to the bathroom, I have – Brian King's daily dominator in next to the toilet. And I read a one page message about, you know, it can be as dialed in as you want it to be. Okay. And then the second thing that's really cool. We we
0: always want to make sure we're positive when we're on the toilet. You know, (laughs) you got to win that moment. You got to win that moment. You got to win that. And then
1: one last thing, you know, I'm kind of jumbling around, but one last thing when it comes to the 1424 that's cool. So I, I implemented the 1424 with all my levels, AAA, AA, A ball, rookie ball with Texas a couple years ago. And here's what was cool about it. Our goal is to get better, right? And so I could be working with the AA team, and then when I start flying around to the other teams, I'm not going to get back to them for probably four or five weeks. And so I don't get to see them day in and day out. Soon as I land in Frisco, Texas, okay, and I go to the ballpark, I can walk up to the second baseman in Frisco and say, what is your 1424? And if he can rattle off to me what his 1424 is, I know that he is getting better every single day. And so that's a way, you know, as a mental skills coach, you can hold somebody accountable. is out of nowhere, you bump into them or you call them up and say, what's your 1424? And if you guys are committed to getting better, which I think that's all we can ask as a coach, that's all we can ask as a dad. And that's all you can ask of yourself is that you're getting better every
0: single day. If you can answer that question, then I know that you're getting better. No doubt. Yeah, dude, this has been great. We'll uh we'll wrap this up here. But is there any other one last nugget that you want to leave our audience?
1: You know, I, I think the, what your focus is, and this is something I've really learned through, you know, the The thing we're dealing with right now and the pandemic and this and that, as well as, you know, I've kind of been challenging myself physically while I've been away from work and doing different types of things. And it really became known to me that as well. And it's one of the number one things that Chad's going to talk about and that I talk about is you have to just take each day, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And um, every single day is a new day. This is the speech I gave to my three daughters yesterday. So here you go. But every (laughs) single day is a brand new day. And every single day brings with it a brand new battle and the second you feel like you've got it figured out or or you're going to beat it you know the coach for the other team changes the starting pitcher and instead of facing the hard throwing righty you're facing the soft lefty mm. and you have to make adjustments and um and that's what life is all about so when a, when there's a need for adjustment don't get frustrated just get it figured out yeah. and get back on track because you know that's what the goal is and the whole idea is is just this progression so You know, I have no idea how long we're going to be communicating like we are right now, you know, over over this computer thing. You know, when we're going to get back to reality. And the reality of it is, is you don't know either. But one question to ask yourself, you to think about is, when it's all said, are you going to be better when they say play ball than than you are right now? And and that's the challenge that you have for yourself. I've given you tools for you to be able to guarantee that. Um, The question now is, are you willing to implement
0: them to make that happen? Sweet. That's awesome, man. And I'm jacked up. I'm ready to like, go run a, do something. Do, yeah, it. do go, it. Go do some headstands Sweet. or something. I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Yeah. So, guys, Zach's giving us um, some awesome information here. And Zach, where, because you said you mentioned that you're, you're writing a book, some things are going to be coming out. Where, where, can they, where can our listeners follow you at?
1: Yeah. You know, that's all, that's all coming up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on social media Z Sorensen four or Zach Sorensen is where I'm at on most of those. Um, most of my stuff has been all private stuff, so I haven't been on social media a ton, but I think that changes now with all this and, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful within, you know, within a month or two that that I'll be able to introduce these to you and and chat. I will get you all that information. Once my book's ready for you guys, my journal, I'm creating a journal for you guys, a daily journal for you guys to have every day as well as the programming. So, but, you know, you guys are in great hands. You know, Chad and I, we go way back. We're good buddies. We teach the same thing. We believe the same thing. We've had similar trials. We've had different trials, and we've leaned on each other through all of those trials. So um, this is a game changer. Mental skill performance is going to help you in your game. It's going to make you a better, stronger person. And that's what—that's why we do this, is because we, we want
0: to help you to be the very best you that you can be. That's awesome, dude. I appreciate you coming on board. Hopefully we get out of this uh, quickly. And we get yeah. back to our normal routines, you know, 4.45, that, that's, a big, that's a big adjustment if guys are getting up that early. so <laughs> yeah, Get it done. Yeah. All, All right, right, Zach, appreciate you coming on board with us, and we will see you later, man. Take care. Have a good one. Tell the family hi. We'll see you. we Will do it. Thank you. See you. Bye. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Zach Sorensen, mental skills coach with the Atlanta Braves. Gave us a lot of good nuggets right there. Zach's going to do some amazing things with Major League Baseball. And hopefully you implement them into your life. If you feel like you need some more one-on-one coaching, make sure you go to my website at mentaledge.training, where I have an online course for you where I can be your personal coach and I guide you through the whole mental skill system that I've created. All right, thanks for listening guys and take care of yourself. We'll see you in the next episode.